Welcome to the Sacred Birth Podcast, where we believe in the power of women coming together and sharing their stories, knowledge, and wisdom. I am Amy, mother and birth mentor, and I will not only be sharing my own knowledge and wisdom with you, but I'll also be inviting wise women into this sacred space to share their own stories of conception, pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. So sit back, grab that herbal tea you've been brewing, and enjoy. Excited to have the beautiful Marie with me today. And we are going to listen to her birth story, which I'm so incredibly excited about. Um, Marie, if you would like to maybe maybe start with, I guess, you know, who you are, um, your family, maybe where you live, because I know there are a lot of women who I connect with in your area and in Australia at the moment. So, you know, to hear a beautiful story of a rebirth on the coast. Um, would be an incredible thing for them to listen to. So yeah, introduce yourself and please um, tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Marie and I'm originally from Adelaide, but um, just at the beginning of 2020, my then boyfriend and I um, moved to Newcastle in New South Wales and I had never been before. I didn't know anything about it. Everyone just told me it was kind of like Adelaide, but with better weather. And I'm still not quite sure about that assessment. I think, yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely the better weather. Um, but the humidity, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you'd call that better. But um, <laughs> when we moved to Newcastle, it was at the beginning of 2020. So everything kind of shut down that year and then the year after. And we uh, had already spoken about children, but um, when our European trips were then called off and yeah. <laughs> um, all of that started to happen. We realised we weren't be, we won't be going to Melbourne um, in October and we wouldn't be going to Europe in December. We thought um, we would do, join the baby boom, yeah, I yeah. guess. Um, and we quickly conceived, yeah, my son Wallace, who's... Yeah, yeah how um, old is he now? He's two and a, just over two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah three in February. Yeah. So, yeah, I um, spent most of 20, 2020 and 2021 I guess, pregnant and having a new baby. Um, and then we got married the year after and then conceived our second baby who I'm holding at the moment, just falling asleep. And yeah, had her just recently in August, 2023. So yeah. um, it's been, even though we've been a short time here in Newcastle and we've had our two beautiful children, but I guess yeah, that's been very eventful. <laughs> yeah, it's been really, really good. And a wedding, and a wedding, two babies. And a wedding, wedding. yeah. Yeah. Wedding so, and two, two. Would you like to share the name? Did you say the name? I may have missed it. I don't want oh, to say it before you do. This is Pixie. Pixie, Pixie Joe. such a beautiful name. Um, when I read it, like when you first put the post up, I just thought, oh, it is the most divine name and just suits her and your story and everything just absolutely divinely. So um, did you, you had a conscious conception with Pixie? Did you want to share yeah. a, little bit, a little bit about that? Because that's a really beautiful story as well. And, and that story, like what you said with the name, um, and I have a background in children's entertainment. So I was a professional fairy with fairy shops, fairy schools. I toured all over um, as Miss Fairy. And it's funny, um, I had schools and schools and enrolments, hundreds of little girls that used to come and little boys to fairy school, Princess Academy, Superhero Academy for years. And so every little girl name that you could possibly yeah. think of, 
I know someone with that way. I'm a teacher as well. So like every name was sort of taken. And um, so when we, I always knew that Wallace was a boy and he told us his name really early as well. But I always knew that was his name and I couldn't think of a girl's name even for the possibility that he was going to be a girl. I just knew he wasn't. And similarly, just before my husband and I were laying together afterwards um not after the conception yeah. like, um, and um there was like a moon and he said yeah what about the name pixie and I kid you not I have never I, I know that name the pixies were the naughty little fairies that played tricks on us in in my fairy shop I obviously knew the word pixie and what a pixie was but he said what about pixie and I th- I just got chills and yeah. it was just yeah. a divide like it was it was such a moment that I was like, that that's her name. Yeah. She, she's here, she's coming. And I know that um I spoke with you prior to actually conceiving. And I was like, she's coming. Yeah. Like I was yeah. like, no. I'm, and I, you know, obviously I don't mind what what my baby was gonna be, but yeah, I knew then and I remember going back and be like, no, 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 she's coming. And I think from that moment I we both knew her. Because yeah. I was like, everyone will think I picked this name, that I've had this name in my fairy, you know, arsenal forever. Yeah. But I, I I had never even thought that I would have girls I until that moment. And then I was sure that she was coming. And that was only um, the month before she was conceived. So that was November 2022. And then, yeah, by Christmas um, 2022, she was um, in my tummy, in my, in my belly. Yes, so beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. I wanted to ask you as well, because I know it's something that goes through a lot of women's minds when they hear, um, you know, well, the type of story and experience that um, you're about to share about free birth is what led you to free birth? So, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe, I don't know, maybe your first birth comes into that, but I would love to love for you to share kind of what led you there before, did it, was it before you even fell pregnant or you know, was it while you were pregnant? Um, the conception story is important um, as well because it really was all linked. It's a really interesting question, why free birth? And even why I chose wild pregnancy, which seemed to be the more unusual choice, um, which I didn't realise while I was doing it. Um, lots of women discover free birth um, later and that's amazing. Yeah. Um or they choose to have some scans or some checkups and things or a midwife, um, whereas I didn't. But it was linked to my first birth and it was linked, I guess, to um, the deep dive I did within myself from my first birth. And I think that that's common with lots of women. They go through a little bit of an awakening when they have their, um, their children or they give birth. And that was true for me, absolutely, but also... I really do feel like I was always meant to experience the path of wild pregnancy and free birth, Mm -hmm. but I just hadn't realised it yet. Um, My first birth or my first pregnancy with Wallace was stressful and I was very, very anxious um, throughout the entire pregnancy. And I know we've spoken about that um, before. Um, I was so anxious every day wondering, worrying, um, which was then every time I went to, I was birthing in a public system. I didn't know about, um, you know, midwives or um, care or anything like that. I just went to the hospital. I um, was in the public system, which I didn't anticipate I would be as a private 
patient my whole life. I just didn't have the pregnancy cover. And then when I went to my 12-week appointment in the hospital with Wallace, they said, have you thought about the birth? And I hadn't really. Mm-hmm. I said something along the lines, no, I did say, well, an induction and an epidural. I'm not a peasant. Like I said that to the woman um, and I, it was COVID. So I was at every appointment alone Yeah. and every appointment that I attended and I was anxious, they would then make me more anxious, if that makes sense. Yeah. That so makes simply sense. every appointment feeling reassured or happy, even though every scan and check would tell me I was kind of okay, or the baby was always okay, there was always something that I would leave and sit in my car and cry. Yeah. You know, I was... I had the diabetes test three times, um, the gestational diabetes test three times. I was overweight. Um, I had a low lying placenta, which led to bleeds. There was just things that I now am a lot more educated on, but at the time I knew nothing. So I would just sob hysterically mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, and they would always send me for another scan. They would always write on my file that I was anxious and mm-hmm. it was just a mess. But then what happened was um, my waters broke at 36 and five, like the movies, like they told me that everyone told me it wouldn't happen. Like, um, and when my waters broke, this oxytocin, this high, like came over me and I was like, oh, well, we're doing the hospital because that's what you do. Uh-huh. The difference, I guess, with my story is that I rang the hospital and we went there but it was like peak COVID baby boom. They were full. There was no room for a spontaneous, healthy woman with clear waters in the hospital. I was far, far down on their priority list. Again, at the time, I felt horribly neglected. And I was like, isn't someone going to check that this actually is water, even though it was very clearly water? <laughs> you know. um, but what ended up happening was I progressed typically, um, healthily. Uh, with a not super fast labor, but um, contraction started a couple of hours after my waters broke and they built up yeah. to a momentum where I was begging for the epidural. Of course, it was too late. They said things like, no, you're only three centimeters. But when we checked you, um, you I said I need to push. They were like, no, you don't. No one's checked you <laughs> um, since then. Like um, you've got to wait for another midwife because there has to be two in a room or something. And I just was yeah. laughing hysterically at them going, what are you talking about? Like, can't you feel what I feel? Um, and then I had a baby who was absolutely perfect. They gave him an APGAR score of 9.5. And then I was left alone again because I, at, again, at the time I thought I was horribly neglected. But what I later realized was I, my the birthing mother and my son were both super healthy and there were no complications that I was not high on their priority list of yeah. uh, of, of triaged people to see. You know, there are far more, uh, there were other women who needed um, medical care, I yeah. guess. <laughs> or, yeah. And uh, like I said, at the time, I was really confused and felt quite abandoned um, and not waited upon, I guess. Um, but in hindsight, I learned very, it let my body, for whatever reason, in that moment, um, was a normal, healthy, functioning um, body. And what that transformed for me was that actually I did no prep. I did no prep and my body knew what to do. I'm not saying that you don't need to do prep, but I guess I was just lucky in the moment in that way that my body did know what to do. Yeah. And that made me feel incredibly powerful that I 
I was, I had that high feeling after, you know, even in the hospital, like I, I can birth yeah. a baby. Yeah. And I loved yeah. it and I wanted to do it again. I was like, yes, yeah. again, again, again. Yeah. Um, so that then led me to sort of going down the rabbit hole of yeah. what the, <laughs> what this yeah. means, how this has been pathologized. I, re- I read that word rather than say it um, by the modern medicine community and why that sort of happened. And that's what started my my de- my dive into the rabbit hole which then of course leads you back to yourself because Absolutely. then you realize all that yeah. work you've got to kind of do on yourself um the other thing is uh when I was pregnant weird things happened that um not weird weird things happened to my body which again now I understand that was absolutely some stress responses um and things that I didn't know about are, around diet and um you know, things like I had really bad geographic tongue, which mm-hmm. would weird out all the midwives with how disgusting it looked on my tongue. I don't know if you know what ge- geographic tongue is. Yeah. It kind of looks like the world on your tongue, but it also looks like thrush. So they would constantly test me for stuff in my mouth, although we were all wearing masks. So I think they just all were horrified by the fact that I was like, what's wrong with my tongue? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I also grew a tumour in my forearm. Mm-hmm. Um which really worried them, but for some random reason, never worried me. It worried me, um, like when you looked at it, mm-hmm. and like I obviously knew it wasn't great, but um, I was going to deal with it after I had a baby. You know, after I had this big medical, you know, baby, because I thought that that was yeah. uh, the tumor did end up being removed, but it and it was completely nothing. Um, it was just blood cells, uh, blood vessels that had mutated in my. Um, forearm it was really random but the reason that that bit is important is because I then entered the medical system as a patient for other reasons yeah throughout my pregnancy they so that I had the tongue I had the arm tumor and they found polyps on my gallbladder and you might go why why would they find that when you're pregnant I just had the most insane care where they checked every organ in my body and I'm not exaggerating so my GP was sending me for ultrasounds on my um, abdomen, my abdominal organs. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking them once, why do you have to look at them all? Isn't there just a gallbladder? Fast forward to um, then I have the baby. I go for my six-week checkup and they put me on contraception, of course, the pill. But I'm breastfeeding, so they put me on the mini pill, which I now know causes um, tumours on your liver. Mm-hmm. You know that? You don't have to Google far. Just yeah. type it in. Um, and then that with the arm tumour and just the random stuff and my anxiety when I was pregnant, I was checked and I'm still being checked to this next week yeah. for um, the liver tumours, which the liver specialist rolled his eyes at me and said, of course, the oral contraception causes mm-hmm. this. Yeah. You should think you should count yourself lucky. Most women your age have like 20 on their liver. Mm-hmm. You only have two. I was like, and I literally, and that, you know, that is an important piece because, and so many women listening must be like, of, you know, of course there are risks like this. How did you not know? But I didn't know. And so then yeah. that further threw yeah. me down the rabbit hole because the liver specialist was just looking at me and I was like, I have no idea mm-hmm. about my body. I don't know anything about my body. I don't know that contraception is poison. Um, and I'm sorry, I hope I can say that. It's probably the most radical thing I'm going to say. 
Because <laughs> I was horrified. I, was, I just couldn't believe that as a woman, um, you know, of I'm 35 now, that I just didn't know. I didn't know about my cycle. I didn't know, you know, every time I'd come off the pill, I would get pregnant really easily. So there was just so many things that I didn't know. So that deep dive into myself and what I didn't know and feeling that I'd betrayed my body mm-hmm. um, with contraception and and not knowing about birth and things like that, yeah. paired with the amount of scans and um, appointments I had around all of these random little medical things where they were searching for something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. That's what led me to having a wild pregnancy yeah. because I realised if I stepped into the system when I was pregnant, when you say the word tumour, even if they're benign mm-hmm. or that you have a liver specialist or that you, I don't know, you, you have a BMI of 28 or yep. over. Like, you don't have to say much or so much. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, um, or, you know, that I had a bit of anxiety after my last birth. All of those things I knew, I knew, I then knew if I went into the system, all of that would um, be issues for them. Yeah. And I knew that this baby would be fine and that if it wasn't, um, then my body would communicate that to me. Yeah. And every day of my pregnancy, that was what I I would wake up telling myself if I felt differently, I could do something differently. But yeah. then that never happened. Yeah. So that's the long story no. of all. And probably everyone's going like, what? There's tumors. No, I, I think a lot, um, you know, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I, I feel like a lot of women will resonate with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, things like, I know lots of other like, problems, blood test results or thyroids or things that they just don't. Um, you know, you go to an, a doctor and you have your blood, then most doctors will tell you you're fine. But for whatever reason, my doctors were just like, no, we need to look at that. That's wrong. That's really, and just, yeah. Even though they would openly say, if we scanned everyone, we would find 20 things wrong with it, with you all. Yeah. And I'd be like, then why are you doing it to me? But what I did realize was I needed to step away and pay no attention to them mm-hmm. um, and really, really tune in um, to myself and how I was feeling and how my body was feeling. And yeah, that's yeah, um, that. what led me to the wild pregnancy and birth, free birth. Like birth never concerned me. I was more worried about, I guess, pregnancy and postpartum yeah. as opposed to the birth. I knew I could birth from my first birth. I knew that it would be intense and hard and, you yeah. know, I would probably at some point beg for it to stop, but it, I knew I could do it if that makes sense. So yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the long story of it all? No, no. I think um, we need the context and we need, and it's so hard sometimes. And I think we've, we have both had this conversation together a few times that sometimes it, it can be really difficult to kind of put words to these experiences and these, like um, the unseen, it can be really difficult. And to explain what's happening, all these beautiful, big, potent things that are going on inside you, it's really hard to kind of explain that to the outside world. So, yeah, I think you did really, really well doing that. And yes, I, know a lot of, yeah, I know a lot, a lot of women will resonate 110%. Um, so tell us, take us to, I don't know, take us to the moment you want to start with, with your birth, as I'm excited. Where um, are you starting? Where's the where's the moment? 
the moment I think is just, you know, that normal Friday night um, for uh, my family where we put my son to bed, as we always do. And uh, my husband and I don't really watch movies together um, because he likes lots of war movies and I'm a Disney princess. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. It's not, so, um, but that night I was like, oh, let's watch a movie. I think because I knew I was starting to get in, I was in that birth portal already, but I was like, um, Wallace has gone to bed. Let me bounce on the ball because I could barely bounce on the ball this whole pregnancy because my son just wanted wanted it yeah, or wanted yeah. to be with me. So yeah. like, I know that's such a thing in like you see all the women bouncing. Oh, on the it ball. is. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I got the ball out, Wally was like, "Yeah, this is a yeah. giant soccer ball." Like, yeah. And then wanted to like climb on me on it. And being like pregnant, you're like, no. So the ball was hidden <laughs> for most of the pregnancy. But I got the ball out that night, and I was like, "Let's watch a movie," and. During the movie, I was having um, tightenings, I guess, I guess, or, or yeah. little cramps. I had had so how many? How many weeks were you? you Thirty-seven. Were 37. Thirty-seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Wally was born. Um, my waters broke up at thirty-six and five, and yeah. he was um, not long after that. So, I guess on the earlier end of the um, yeah. variations, um, which I think you can't. You you did have. Did we have this conversation? You did have a bit of an inkling that he that she was going to come a little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah. There was there were lots of things that um, you know, and people tell you you don't you, you can't be sort of set in your ways. You know, every child is different, every birth is different, and and I now know that to be true. But there were things that I did know, and I did think I did know that she would come around thirty seven weeks um as well. Yeah. Um, I just think that that's just my variation. So yeah, I did know that. But what was interesting was I kind of convinced myself that maybe I was going to be really wrong mm, yeah. with that. And, you know, that might just be wishful thinking. Mm -hmm. So I, but what I also really was sure of was that my waters would break again first. You know, that's a pattern for some women. And I thought that that was going to be the case for me. It was the pattern for my mother for her births. Yeah. So I thought that that was going to happen to me um again um but that night so so you might argue I don't have any I didn't have any experience in just sort of contractions starting yeah and leading to birth which I you know I now know is I guess more traditional like a lot of women experience contractions first yeah. and then there was break but I just thought um you know it would be similar to my first birth so I had tightenings while we were watching this movie and I'd had cramps the days leading up to it um and I had been purposely doing things that I loved to build the oxytocin so things really indulgent like massages um just a couple of days you know I'd had the pedicure yep. and that day I had met with a local birth keeper and we chatted all things birth and then I went and had a blow dry and the blow dry they had to do it quick and it was these two beautiful men in the salon yeah. blow drying my hair with their strong arms and in the salon so it was about 3 p.m in the salon, I was like, I know this is going to sound weird, guys, but yeah, yeah. I was just high as a kite. I'm like, <laughs> I love that. Uh, I said, they're like, what is happening? And I could feel the, you know, the warmth in my uterus. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have a baby tonight. And I told them that. And, you know, we all sort of laughed it off. So, it, it, so when the tightening sort of started around, well, I don't know, 10 p.m. watching the movie, I was like, maybe it's that like prodromal labor or however you say it, you know, maybe 
I'm going to have this for days yeah. because my waters haven't broken yet and maybe it's my second baby so it's just more intense. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't think anything of it. We watched the movie. I sent him to bed around midnight and I was like, I'll just stay out here and see what this feels like. And then I tried to go to bed with my my son sleeps with us in the middle and I tried to like cuddle him, but I couldn't lay still through mm-hmm. the, through a tightening, a contraction, yeah. whatever you want to call them. But I was like, no, we'll just see where this goes. So my story is actually really boring. Um, There's boring nothing, nothing wrong with boring. We always, and I think you and I have spoken about it, just how simple birth is. It's so, so simple. The, <laughs> I can talk about, like the things I'll talk about is mainly my internal monologue during this mm-hmm. whole thing. My body really did. And I know, I knew all the stuff about, you know, leaning into your body and not being in that thinking mind. But yeah. Yeah. This lady did sort of have me yeah, in my brain. Okay. It took you there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more. Um, because and I think I don't know. I think it's still, it's only been, you know, eight weeks. So I'm still reflecting on that mm. um that process. But yeah, this because with my first labor, there was that real sort of gentle increase of contractions. And by the time I gave birth, you know, I was really in that portal. Um, everything was red. Uh, in the room in the hospital I didn't know who was around me and I was wailing a lot whereas this one was just really I don't know I want to say controlled because I wasn't controlled but a a contraction would come and then I would be really coherent Mm. after and I was just like okay that was insane but now I feel like nothing happened so there was this back and forth for a couple of hours where I was like oh my gosh I cannot walk through this contraction I cannot talk through it but then after I'd be like, no, nah, that was nothing. Yeah. Like that makes sense. I love that. Um, that makes sense. I, like I had the birth pool. It had only been blown up for 24 hours. I had like the altar with the beautiful candles. Um, but I didn't light the big ones because I just didn't think it was real yet. Yeah. I put yeah. some oil in the diffuser and I lit two of the like cheaper candles, the Kmart yeah. one. And I was just like, well, if this is going to go on for days, I can sleep tomorrow um, or I might have a baby at the end of this. Yeah. But, yeah, this labour just was different. I was hot and cold. I needed lots of lots of water mm-hmm. and I constantly needed to go to the toilet, which was so different to my last mm-hmm. one. Um, I constantly needed to go to the toilet, which I found really annoying. And every time I went to the toilet, I'd be like, well, maybe my waters will break, but they didn't. So I was like, oh. It's not real. Like it's yeah, not yeah. real. Yeah. Like it's just not real. So I would dance with my um AirPods in, those ones that didn't work very well at the start of this call. Um I was dancing to like 90 songs. I and mean, then I'm like, oh well, I better film this. You know, I've got the tripod already, yeah. but I couldn't film and listen to music at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So it was this real kind of like going back and forth. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll try and set this up. Oh no, there's a contraction. Oh, don't worry about it. Like. Yeah. We'll do it tomorrow. And then someone had got me a birth comb as a gift. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, just try that. And that just was glorious. That yeah. worked such a treat. Who knew that that, um, that really, really helped? Um, so it got to about um, the, the contractions were, <laughs> I'd never timed contractions before. Because yeah. there was no time last time and I didn't couldn't understand how you would time them. Yeah. So I was kind of in my head going, well, there's like two contractions per song and a song is like three or four minutes. But then I was like, what does that mean? 
What yeah. like what does that mean? And I I would lay there in between a contraction, and I genuinely believe that if I had been in the system, or if I had a midwife, or if I had gone to the hospital, that they would say you've got days to go, mm-hmm. that you you are not far enough along, and they would send yeah. me home. I genuinely believe that to be the case. Yeah. Um, I got a hot water bottle for myself. Oh, that just was amazing too because what I realized by this time was I would had back labor mm-hmm. which I did have for my son so two contractions would come really fast and they would last about 30 seconds to a minute in my back and I was like oh, put a put a hot water bottle there hold the comb and all I kept thinking was you're going to be doing this for days and also um not to wake up my husband yet because I needed him to be awake. You know, I was going to say, where where was he at this at this time? He was because people would ask me throughout my pregnancy. You know, even if you say you have to do a home birth in the system, people go, "Well, what about your son?" And yep. even birth keepers will will say, "What are you going to do with your other children?" Because you can't get in that zone because yep. you're so distracted. So I said, "No, he's just going to be asleep." Like I had planned that he was just going to sleep through it. And so I needed Dustin to sort of stay in the bed with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would keep him um, asleep, you know, because they often sleep better when yeah, when yeah. they hold up next to you. Um, but it got to about 4 or 5 a.m. <laughs> and I was like, I can't keep him. I can't. I need help. Need some help. The, yeah, yeah. The on my back. Yeah. So I got him. I, you know, stopped twice in the 10 metres from my from the playroom where I was labouring to the bedroom and I'm like, wake up, and then he falls back asleep while I'm in the living room <laughs> having another contraction. So I go back in, I'm like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, just Well, he's just, you know, I'm just making sure he's asleep. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, you need to come out. Um, I need help with this water bottle. And he did, like he held, held the water bottle there and, but I was still so coherent in between contractions yeah. and I had briefed him like we all do, you know, um, I had said, if I say, take me to the hospital, yeah. I need an epidural, then I'm in transition. Yeah. I had dr- like drilled him the whole way, but I felt so far from birth that I was like, this is going to go for days. We're going to have to get, who can we get to watch Wally? Cause it's going to be a Saturday morning. I was yeah. like, we need to, so yeah. in between contractions, I was like in my brain going, we need to get someone to look after Wally. Mm-hmm. Um, who can we get to pick him up? And then a contraction would come and I would really struggle. And then I would go back into like this thinking brain where I'd be like, okay, and um, I need you to go and get the Kmart scales Yeah. Um, because I'm probably going to have the baby in the next few days. So we're going to yeah. need to weigh her. Yeah. And then I would start to say things to him like, why why did I choose this path you know this is in between a contraction I was like you know Kate Middleton or like the royalty would just rock up to the hospital like (laughs) and like all the pain relief and you know they would just have this birth and that's when Justin said do you think you might be in transition Mm. Yeah. yeah and I was like no listen to how I'm talking to you like yeah, yeah. a contraction would come and I could barely function yeah and I'd be like I'm not in transition but it did kind of go okay well the pain's now getting so so severe um maybe we should fill up the birth pool which yeah. we had tried yeah. filling up um 
<laughs> it felt like hours he was gone trying to pull it up and it filled like two centimeters of this giant pool. Yeah. yeah. Do you know you're not you're not the first person who has said that, that where they've birthed in like it's birth has gone so fast that they've birthed in like a couple, you know, a couple of centimeters of water. <laughs> well, there was no, and I was like, we well, I can't, you can't leave me at this point. I'm like, what else can we do? And I'm like, well, this is going to go for days in my head, remember. So I'm like, oh, I haven't even used the shower yet. Or like the bath. The bathroom's got bath water in it from last night. Like, let's just add hot water. Yeah, yeah. And and I did and I went in the bath and I was like, oh, this is lovely. But it also was a type, like a normal-sized bath. Yeah. Um, So contracting along the way, we were in the bath and the contractions were very painful in my back very very painful very different back labor however I still thought they were going to get much worse yeah so I don't know how painful like they were intense and I don't you know I know some people don't like to use the word pain or painful when they're talking particularly in the free birth community and things like that but it was just this pain in my back that I had never experienced before uh, that did make me nervous at how it would get worse like how yeah, it could possibly yeah. get worse because I was Wally labor was really that sort of your whole body yeah. front um labor which yeah it's interesting um it's really interesting the difference in my labors but um I'm sure that's not unusual for lots of women oh, either yeah. now um but I was laying in the bath and I still really coherent in between contractions so they didn't really come really close together there would be two and then a gap yeah um a long gap but enough to have a little conversation or enough to get back in my brain a little bit, yeah. um, which I didn't experience last time. So I said to Justin, like, I can feel her and she was fine. I was never worried, but I, her legs are so far up inside me. And I was like, I think like she's posterior. And again, I didn't really know what that meant. It didn't worry me, mm-hmm. but I was like, I think like her legs are up here. Like, and so he had a little feel Yeah, and that, I'm like, I wasn't worried about it, but I was like, what does that mean? Does it mean I'm going to be in labour for days? Like, because I yeah. still had this narrative. You're really trying to drag it out, aren't you? <laughs> really, nothing oh. to tell. Literally, that it, yeah. the only story is my brain because can yeah, yeah. you tell the story with what happened? Because what, what happened next was Dustin said, I think she will come um, as the sun rises. You know, yeah. it's quarter to six at this by this time in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, right, I can't lay in this bath anymore. It's too confining. I stood up, my water's broke. Mm-hmm. And I said, my water broke? And then I looked in the mirror of the bathroom and I'm not exaggerating, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, fetal ejection reflex from when I said my water's broke, the urge to bear down, not push, like yep. bear down, she just shot out. Oh, to which is yep. the first point I've actually made any noise yeah. like that would resemble your roaring, which I roar the whole way through Wally's. This one I was like, she's coming. We hear Wally wake. And I'm like, you can't leave. I need yeah, you to help yeah. me catch because yeah. I stood up in the bath and I've put my leg up on the side of the bath and 10 yeah. seconds out and that oh. was it. Not, not a graze, not a anything, just flew out, full yeah. fetal ejection. Oh. And so... And- Justin, yeah. Justin caught, Justin caught her. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of was yeah. there, but he helped and then just, yeah. I'd already told him to push So where were you, where were you at this point? In where the bath. Sorry. In the bath. In the bath. Yeah. Yeah. In the bath. So yeah. I went to the bath. I had labored in the bath for about half an hour, an yeah. hour. Um, and then, yeah, just couldn't do it anymore because it was too yeah. uncomfortable. My back. 
And then I stood up, waters broke, she shot out. Yeah. I mean, shot out. And how did and that how did that feel when you when Justin handed her to you? I felt really different to how I thought I would feel. I was over the moon, but it was really Yeah. The whole experience was really quite grounding. Like I forgot. Um, you know, I did pull the cord up over her head, like off of her neck. Yeah. But yeah, so she a- had the so she had the cord around her neck? Yeah, I I think, but it was in such a moment, like I just, it was the most instinctual sort of grounding moment between, you know, mother and child because he did catch her, but I was there too. Yeah, yeah. Helped me push her up and I moved the cord and just held her and she was pink and she was covered in burnix, like covered in. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect either. Yeah. and she was just pink and perfect. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it's, it's done. And it was just, I don't know. And then I somehow, somehow um, then Justin did take a video in yeah. this moment. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know how, because I was so, I guess, in that yeah. moment, he had gotten my phone. Wally had come out of bed. So yeah. he picked up Wally. And was filming my first sort of reaction. Yeah. Oh, so like, beautiful. And it's just, and while he's like yawning. Yeah. You know, he just, it's the most non-event to him. And I'm like, I don't know. It was just amazing. Like it was amazingly, normally amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you know, like it just, yeah, yeah, it's hard to explain. It was almost like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. It's just so, and it's funny, like listening to you say, um, you know, you had that time in between contractions and you were like kind of not thinking that, you know, you were so far ahead and all that kind of stuff. I have heard that so many times from women who have had the two contrasting experiences. So they've had like maybe birthed in a different environment or things, you know, unfolded in a different way. And then they've gone to have this birth at home, like you're explaining, and they're like, what? It's not, it, it can't be. I'm not, I'm not. So it just mm-hmm. kind of clarifies that the body and ba- your baby and you and birth are just so um, able to open when you're in yeah. like a safe environment and how amazing that is. And so I've heard so many women say, what the actual F? this is so different and question it like you were saying like questioning is this no it'll be a couple of days I'm not going to give birth anytime soon and it's hard like a a lot of and even like some of the stories I listened to with women who had had you know a a free birth as their second or third birth and I guess it is really hard to not compare absolutely yeah especially when I like I really was there were lots of things I wasn't happy with, but in terms of the labor itself, I was really set on that narrative that it would be a similar labor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it wasn't. So it really got back and forth in my brain. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think if it's similar, we, you know, if we think that it's going to be similar, that's kind of like a safety thing as well. Like, oh, you know, I've got this. If it's going to be similar, I'll know how to handle it. I'll know what to do. So it's kind of like makes you feel a little bit more like safer or confident yes. or whatever you you know whatever your ego or, or you know part of you You're is trying to do yeah, yeah it's interesting what we try and grab at absolutely because then afterwards I was like I used a comb and a hot water bottle yeah 
And it was like six hours, which was shorter than my first labor. So there were all these things that like, I didn't think, you know, I did think that I would get to a point where I maybe begged to go to the hospital. I thought maybe that would happen again and it sort of didn't. So it was really differently powerful in different ways. Because when I reflect, I'm like, yeah, what a, what a, like a badass. Yeah, I was going to say, what a badass. (laughs) Uh, Open water bottle going like, and like six hours of like, everyone's gone to bed and then you just wake up and you're like, oh yeah. She's yeah, yeah. similar. It just, I was like, right, I need a dark room. I need to like keep it really, um, you know, have the same conditions. I need yeah. to be relaxed and have the yeah, baby. Yeah. And so I sat down on the couch and I was like, nah, it's right there. And I, there are some photos and I can see it kind of half the placenta half out anyway, because yeah. my, I'm not exaggerating that she flew out. So I'm I'm thinking the placenta was just right behind yeah. it. So I just got said, where's the placenta bowl that we arranged and went, okay, I'm saying goodbye to this now. And then yeah. bed out and just plopped down. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> it came out really fast. And I was like, yeah. wow, that's, yeah. that's done. All right. And then what did you do? So after that, did you go and snuggle in bed or what did you do after that? Yep. We all, we snuggled in bed. We all very snuggled beautiful. in bed in this very spot. Um, and she bed straight away. I kept waiting for her to have her little hibernation nap, but she yep. didn't really. Yep. Um, but she was so content and awake and alert and happy and she just fed and Wally was here. Um, yep. the placenta. Um, I I had sort of I'd arranged for it to have it encapsulated, but oh yeah, yeah. Um, was uh we were able to keep it attached for as long as I sort of wanted. Yeah. Um so it was about three, four hours, but with a toddler, <laughs> just really excited and just jumping on the bed so yeah, like yeah. in the bowl, even though it wasn't a really short cord or anything, it just, yeah, just wobbled yeah. and blood spilling out on the floor. And so after like, yeah, about three or four hours, I was like, oh, we'll just cut it because Wally. Yeah. It's going to go, yeah, it's gonna go flying. <laughs> yeah. It, it did go flying on the floor at one bit. Sorry, placenta, but I, it felt kind of right to, um, yeah. and it, uh, really interestingly, um, I haven't really thought of to this moment, actually, well, I have, with my son's birth, um, we were together, we never were separated after, which, you know, arguably that's what everybody wants, right, um, but at the time, because they they just, they didn't forget about me in the hospital, but um, I at one point asked to move yeah. out of bed after a couple of hours after my son was born and he said no, they said no. Um, and it, even though it was amazing that I've never been parted from him, I'm not saying I wanted to be yeah. away from yeah. him, but what was really, well, it felt really good for me was um, after that four or five hours, we cut the cord and everything we'd had, like we'd been feeding that whole time. I was like, okay, I'm going to get up and have a shower now. Yeah, and, yeah, in my own shower. Yeah. yeah, I had this beautiful shower. My husband had his time with her. You know, I learned a lot of people worry about um, the husbands, but, you know, he bonds perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, he had her and Wally in a bed and I had this shower and I felt so good and so normal and so grounded. Yeah. I, I worried about being in the other room showering, you yeah. know, with yeah. her. Yeah. There was no sort of anxiety. It was just this really normally boring grounding experience which yeah. then carried the postpartum because I was wor- I was waiting for the hormonal yeah. drop but it never sort of came I just was this real regulated 
Yeah, I was going to ask you the difference between the two postpartums. Can't even compare them to the point where I thought there might be something wrong with me this time because yeah. I was so zen, but not, I wasn't super high either, which I expected. And then I thought maybe, yeah. I don't know, I just thought, oh, I was on cloud nine, but I it was almost like I wasn't. I was just standing in the box. Yeah. Which is birth is just birth, right? Like it's yeah, like, yeah. I was, and I, I still can't believe it's, it's one of the least radical things I've ever done. Yeah. Like I've done more more controversial things on a night out. Yeah. 20s. Yeah. Like really just giving laboring in by myself in the playroom and yeah. giving birth. <laughs> like it it really doesn't seem like this um big. Yeah, yeah. Radical yeah. free birth. It just yeah. felt really <laughs> And you know it's funny like that that is so how it's painted to people, isn't it? But I was going to say what um What's the uh, reaction been like to? Because you were you, you shared a little bit about your plans to to have a free birth, kind of beforehand during your pregnancy, or did you keep it kind of in your family? So I did share it um, a little bit on Instagram, and if anyone asked me, like I worked at a, a school, and so there were people at school who knew, but I think. Um, I would often, I do call myself um, a corporate free birther um, because I think if you say in the world that I work in or and that world is the system, I guess, if you say, I, I don't think people realise that you can have a birth mm. without attendance or and, and outside of the medical system. And even if people realise that that was a option, mm. that why would you choose that? I think that it was just not a um, not an an idea to people. So people would say, "Are you having? Are you having a home birth?" And I would go, "Yes." And they'd be like, yeah. "Oh wow!" Like there yeah. wasn't really. And then some people would say to me, "Oh, but you'll have a midwife come." And then I would say something like, "If I feel the need." Yeah, yeah. And again, I then also started to realize that the wild pregnancy part was perhaps more controversial than the actual free birth because you know of course you can free birth and then present at a hospital or go to a doctor and you know someone else will tell you it's all okay and you can get checked um yeah we only only just have to think about how many kind of things that are scheduled during a pregnancy like really it's all there is so much so much so when if you go through the medicalized you know industry for birth you kind of think that you know you have to move through and do all those things to make sure or to ensure that your baby is safe for birth it's yeah yeah and that yeah that really did and look I did have a scan at 14 weeks but I had that um I needed my husband and I needed that for his work um Mm. to uh we needed a conception date for her um and I went to that scan and I got the scan with an online Zoom doctor, did a oh, referral. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I went to the normal place that you get a scan and yeah. it was really clinical. Yeah. And I wasn't worried at all. Yeah. I saw her on the screen and I knew instantly she was definitely a girl then. Yeah, the yeah. Um, and that was at 14 weeks and then that was the only the only thing I did. So that kind of assured people like my mum. 
yeah. and done. I'd had a scan and the scan was perfect. Yeah. So that sort of, but I, I don't think people really thought too much about that I wasn't going to then engage. Yeah. 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 But I guess, and I hate that pre-birthers and wild pregnant people have to say, of course, if anything was wrong, I would seek medical attention, you know. Yeah, I think that, you know, I've spoken to a few people about this recently. I kind of think that's a little bit of a, like, they have nothing else to say, so they're going to say that. Like, free, you know, yeah. free birth, women who choose to home birth, free birth, um, if they intuitive, intuitively feel like something is wrong, then they make they may make the decision to go to the hospital. It's not like you know free birth, and that's it. You know, yeah. against the world yeah. against the medical system against it. You know, it's it, it, yeah. I think that's kind of like the last little kind of input that people try to make to kind of get their point across. Yeah, I think yeah. I think when I said that to people, it was kind of to alleviate them of their fears. Um, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm not, a, you know, and I'm not anti-medicine yeah. or anti-hospital, hence all those MRIs in my first postpartum. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, of course, you know, we don't wake up to this feeling as, you know, we know that if I intuitively felt like that that was the right decision for me and my baby, I would, of course, make it. That's yeah. it's not a question. But, um, yeah, so I don't know when people didn't really ask or whether people, this is so vain, I guess, being a corporate free birther, perhaps people didn't realise what I actually meant yeah. or what it actually meant or yeah. trusted that I was an intelligent human being yeah. that was capable. What is interesting, though, is that I did have a mother's blessing with a few, um, my family don't live here, um, but I have a few uh, extended family members that do here in Justin's family, and they were all sort of okay with it. But afterwards there have been a few comments like, I wasn't really worried, but yeah. I was a bit worried that you do X, Y, So I didn't have a lot of fear yeah. projection, I yeah. guess, because yeah. I don't I was going to say they didn't project it on you beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think people realise. I think credit to people in my world, I think they trusted that I was, yeah, an intelligent person that yeah. was able to make informed decisions for myself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, and there's a bit of ego, I guess, in it as well. But yeah. I don't know, I feel really... Yeah, I don't know. Grounded after, like I, I feel like I thought I would be. Yeah, look what I did. Like I'm so good, but I feel really like, oh yeah, that was that was birth. That was that was yeah. But like it wasn't this um yeah massive thing that yeah it just felt normal. It's just normal. Yeah, it's weird. No, I love that so much. So so much. And can I just say, um, little Pixie has been asleep on Marie this whole time. She's just like, she's just and like she's just a baby. She's yeah, she's chill. She's happy. She's like, I don't know. And I, I did think that I would be able to know what to like. I guess to do with her, whether I would, um, and people that know me that might listen to this will think it's funny. I really wanted a birth certificate for yeah. her. Yeah. was my biggest um not fear people would say oh what are like in free birth communities they'd be like what's your biggest what's fear? fear yeah and that was it well how how do I register the birth how can I ensure that that's a swift process which kind of felt like I was um not beating the system because I wasn't lying or doing anything bad I just was like but how can I just get that um birth certificate well I got that birth certificate within six weeks it really wasn't hard <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> it was hard um, to do, if anyone's wondering. It's not that hard and it's certainly not a priority, but for whatever reason it was a priority for me. Yeah. The biggest work I did was um, that there was no drama, there was no appointments, people would either hype you up or tell you what was wrong. Like there was yeah. no... Um, and that came up several times for me throughout the pregnancy that it was just really boring. Yeah. It was really regulated. And it's funny now, but at the time I struggled with that. Like I struggled with it being boring because I was like, okay. Yeah, we I'm had just... this conversation, didn't we? But yeah, it, yeah. And I, I guarantee that a lot of women will relate to that as well. 100%. Really? But um, yeah, all to end at work, yeah. that all yeah. is well, that ends well, it, it, yeah. it's boring for a reason because it really is yeah. um, just another boringly normal magical day. So for any, for any woman who is listening, who is maybe pregnant, um, you know, and thinking about having a home birth or free birth, what's, what's kind of the one thing that I guess you would share from your experience? Oh, that's so, I knew you were going to ask. I'm sure there would be so many, but if there's one that kind of stands out doesn't have to be complicated I thought I would be this wise woman after <laughs> thought I would have put down with everyone um you know you just do what you want like yeah. it I know that sounds really I should have prepared better no because it's easy for me to say you know trust your intuition um mm-hmm. and really learn to tell the, tell the difference between your intuition and, and anxiety yeah. Because we all know that intellectually and that's I think that's just constant um, you know, not work. But for me that was something that it's probably always gonna be a little bit of a a battle, but you'll know, like, and whatever works for you and what you wanna do, don't listen to anybody else. Everyone else has their own journeys, their own experiences. Um, you got this, like yeah. you got this. I don't know if that makes any sense. It'll make absolute sense. So absolutely. And um Sometimes, yeah, sometimes that's all a woman needs to hear is another woman who's maybe a little bit ahead of her in her journey to just say, no, nah, you've got this trust and, you know, you've got it. That's it. <laughs> so, and at the end of my pregnancy, I did um, my like higher self or my yeah. future self meditations. And she often laughs at me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because she knows how it all works out and how yeah. it's um so that really helped to sort of see it from a bit more of like that more evolved self of you've got this and it will it will be okay yeah it will be fine yeah Um, and it's amazing and soon it's just a memory stay with you forever which just blows my mind I'll remember this forever yeah and something something that you'll pass down to your children and And I have a daughter I have a daughter now like I just can't even my mind is blown (laughs) so imagine what that birth has done for her Oh, incredible. Mm. No, I'm so happy for you. So, so happy. Um, I also wanted to ask you, so I know you're um, moving into doing some um, birth work or birth keeping, I think next year. So if you want to go ahead and maybe share your Instagram, share whichever Instagram you want, both. And yeah, just let people know where they can find you. Well, that's so sweet. I I might dabble in being a bit of a birth birth worker but I would just send everyone to you Amy I think (laughs) I I really do think um that the the stuff you can do in pregnancy and that energetic um preparation is just so important so go and see Amy um and if you are in the hunter and you want someone to talk about 
um birth with I am your person you can oh Emery does circles circles so you're, yeah. currently, you're currently doing circles and then I think yeah. birth um birth keeping is on the horizon for next year is that right yeah 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 so I've got we've got um free birth circles which are just come and 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 have a chat which are we've got a really great group um locally yes. which sounds amazing um, and then, yeah, I've got a, um, some upcoming sol solstice circles in December, which I'm really excited about. Um, all my circles are outside in nature. I just love mm -hmm. sitting yeah. with women and connecting with all of the elements. Um, and then, yes, some birth keeping on the horizon. We'll see how how we go. Um, but, yeah, I would love to support women that are considering a similar journey. Yeah. Outside the system. Yeah. And it does. It makes such a... Um such a, a massive difference surrounding yourself with women who are at that same kind of frequency to you so a huge difference um definitely yeah so marie is the woman to see um did you want to share your instagrams as well uh yeah you can buy me a i love Mama the stuff Fa you post so share away <laughs> uh, mama fairy is my instagram or just marie birthkeeper yeah. um you can find me there um but i'll put i'll put the um I'll put the links and stuff um, in the little comment section as well. So then they can just click on that and find you too. Awesome. Thank you. I hope I've been eloquent enough in my ramblings. No, I should have before. No, no, we don't. I don't like preparing too much because I trust that whatever will come through will come through in that moment. So yeah. So thank you so, so much. And Pixie is still asleep. <laughs> She's having a good old time, probably in the aircon. Yeah, actually, it's a bit cooler here today. Yeah, yeah, nice. Today, it's a bit cooler, but, yeah, she's loving life. She is the best life. Beautiful. All right, thank you so much, Marie.